Beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Welcome in. Happy Soccer Podcast Day to you. I am Bone. And I am Beam. And we're back. I think we decided to take the uh, Bundesliga international break instead of the international break that some other people take or the winter break that some other leagues take we, we took, took the long the, uh, one we took the bundesliga break we did not run through the the fixtures that the premier league did. no no we did not have uh no. festive fixtures no we didn't on the podcast we but took the ba- break we're back now we've how got you feeling lot- i'm good because i'm, uh, the, the, I'm, I'm ready we, we were supposed to do one last week oh or yeah. no two weeks ago yeah we were getting ready to do one, and then you had you had the pink eye. Yes, so I, you had the eye pus dripping all over that the was place. Bad. That was no good. I actually had to fill in for you on the radio show one day. You were feeling so bad. Yeah, it was it was not good. So you feeling better? I'm good. Okay, I'm back good. to nine. Well, let's be honest with me. Eighty percent is good. Okay. That's all. Like I always got something, but eighty percent, eighty-five percent, I'm doing well. Uh, so we've got some MLS news to talk about. Does not involve the crew, although the crew are in preseason training so we could talk a little bit about that they are also in mls that's good call Mm -hmm. uh some rumors that will make i think beamer very angry but nothing you can do about it looks like it's happening Mm -hmm. we'll talk about the kids u.s men's national team some of the young players making debuts abroad and having good success there and a recap of the premier league this week that we had some midweek games although we're recording this in between some games still have not kicked off yet but Majority of them got done on uh, Tuesday, so we will talk about that as well. But first, we have a big announcement. We've been teasing this for a while. Yeah. We officially can say it. Bone and Beam United watch party for the Premier League games on Sunday, February 2nd. Yes, February 2nd. And if you're asking yourself, February 2nd, why does that day sound familiar? Well, it's the second day in February. It is the second day in February, Mm -hmm. and it is also Super Bowl Sunday. So there is no better way Mm -hmm. for you to spend your Super Bowl Sunday than to come out, hang with us in the morning, do all the stuff you need to do mid-afternoon before the Super Bowl kicks off later that day. But yes, Sunday, Feb 2nd, Bo. Yeah. Groundhog Day too? Am I wrong? I don't know. I think I don't it's know Groundhog what day, day. Groundhog Day. I think it's on. second. Well, here's what I also know. Um, so, I think we can actually say all we want to about the Super Bowl with regards to this party because it is not a Super Bowl watch party. No, if it's you not. Were, if you were calling it that, then they would freak out and say, "No, you can't call it that." But it's not a Super Bowl watch party. It's just a watch party on the day of the Super Bowl. But we're not watching any Super Bowl for because a completely it won't be different on. game for all the different games. Yes. So we kind of had to settle on a date we were trying to find a place to go we wanted to really wanted to try to get Chelsea in there my Chelsea Blues Mm -hmm. wanted to go watch them with Christian Pulisic who's been hurt anyway so they they can live or die as far as I care I'm Mm -hmm. not really you know once he's back then they're my team but for now just kind of watching the side Mm -hmm. but we couldn't find a day that worked where we could get the place we wanted get Beamer because he's got to do Buckeye basketball stuff he's got a busy schedule on the weekends 
and also get a game where Chelsea was going to be playing that wasn't like, you know, in the middle of March or something. We wanted to kind of go early, you know, before before crew season starts off and everything, sure. you know, you got a lot of other stuff going on. So we settled on February 2nd, two games that day. Uh, so we can watch both of them and this will be at land grant. So yes, uh, great spot. We always appreciate the people at land grant. They're always great for us. Uh, 9 a.m. Burnley hosts Arsenal, who we're going to talk about a little bit more in a second. So that game will be fun. And then at 1130, Tottenham hosts Manchester City. All right. So there you go. You got the good games. That's, that's the, your big boy. It's the two pack of games right there. What time did you say the first game was at bone? 9 a.m. All right. So 9 a.m. We'll be there. Bright and early. We will be. They're being kind enough to open up a little bit early for us so that we can have the watch party. If you don't know, just Google it. Pull it up, pull it up in your map, yeah. wherever it's at. Centrally located right near downtown. It is on West Town Street, 424 West Town Street. If you don't know the address, you go down there. You got plenty of parking options. You will be all good. So they're kind enough to open their doors early for us that day and come and let everybody watch some nice Premier League games. So it is going to be a blast. We have been working on this for a little bit. Like Bone said, I've network responsibilities for the basketball team that I have to be there during post game. So it was trying to get a day necessarily where the Buckeye basketball team wasn't playing. So that way I can enjoy myself at said brewery instead of having to pace myself. So it will be a fantastic time. Super Bowl Sunday. It will be awesome. Yeah. So this is also cool from Land Grant. Uh, they told us that they are doing a one day only special there mm -hmm. they've been working on a bloody mary special so of course morning watching soccer maybe you went out saturday night and you already need a little uh help there bloody mary for you they say that um it's going to have a special ray ray's spice blend yeah because ray ray's hog pit has their own truck out there on the weekends so ray ray's hog pit spice spice blend spice blend that too <laughs> a, a pork rind rim mm. pickle cheese and a single rib garnish that's right it's literally gonna be a meal in itself a meal in itself i can't wait to get one of those in plus we are also and this is something we've been talking about for a while but we finally got it done we have bone and beam united stickers we have tweeted a picture of it out. You can see it on our social media at Bone Beam United. I love how you're talking about these stickers and you like picked it up and you held it into the microphone. It feels good. It, you like held a... it into the microphone, like the people can see the That's stickers right. when you're, you're looking talking at it about right it. here as I'm talking about it. I'm very proud of these stickers. I just opened them up. I just cracked the package open. It's been sitting on my Crack desk. That's a pack. But I cracked it open, got one out, cracks and gaps. Mm -hmm. So we filled that in and now we're good. Bone Beam United. On Twitter, more details there, or all the we just gave you all the details. But if you need to see it again, we will also post that on Twitter. Yes, we will, and you can see a picture of the stickers. But the first, I'm going to say, 40 people or so that come out to this. If we get 40 people to show up, if not, everyone gets two. I don't know. Sure, but the more the merrier. But if uh, we will run out of these, if more than a, you know, dozen, couple dozen people show up, I think about 40 is where we would be running thin. But yes. we should have at least one for everybody. So coming out, and it'll be fun. I'm excited about that, man, because Land Grant is obviously it's it's one of my favorite breweries in town, and it's just um, it's a great place down there. If you've never been, all the people who work over there, Adam and Chris and Walt and those guys, they do a fantastic job over there. Yeah. And their beer is some of my favorite in the city too. They got a bunch of TVs in there. They got 
know, shuffleboard table in there. Should be a good environment. I'm excited about it. And uh, yeah, man, it'll be yeah. a, it'll be a nice way for you to kick off your Super Bowl Sunday. Or if you are saying I don't really care about the Super Bowl because it's the 49ers and Chiefs, and who gives a damn about those two teams? Sure, kind of like me. Whatever, I will still watch because I work at a sports radio station, and right. I'm kind of forced to, as are most Americans. But maybe you don't have something going on for Super Bowl Sunday, and you want to do something, but you necessarily don't want to watch the game, and you want to watch soccer instead. That's it. We got you covered. We got you covered no matter how you look at it on that. And also, this is not going to be an event where we're sitting there like from a stage talking a bunch. No. Like, we're not going to be broadcasting it. There's not a podcast. Literally just hanging out, drinking beer. You can come hang out with us. Don't be afraid. Like, Come up, say hi, talk to us, tell us what you like about the show, what you hate about the show. I don't know, whatever. Just strike up a conversation. We'll be there. Whatever we'll you want to do. Look for two large individuals. Sure. Beamer large because he's tall. Me, I'm large the other way. But just, you know, come up, approach us, say hi, grab a beer. We'll talk. It's It'll fun. be a good time. I want to yeah. thank the people at Land Grant, too, for for generously yes, being able to great. host us that day. Yeah, we really appreciate that. All right, so let's talk a little Premier League. Uh, we were talking about Arsenal, who you can watch at the watch party with us on February 2nd. Uh, they came back in a great effort against Chelsea. I guess there's two ways to look at that, right? You could look at that game and say, wow, Arsenal finally showing some of the the character that everyone says they've been missing. They they haven't exactly wowed you under you know previous management. They haven't exactly wowed under Michael Arteta since he's yeah. come in. So you could look at it and say, this may be a turning point game for them. Or you could take it from the perspective of, what the hell is going on with Chelsea? Sure. I mean, th- like because that to me is a bit of an inexcusable thing where you've got a penalty kick, you got... A, you you were you're have Arsenal down a man for most of that match. Yeah, David Luiz got kicked out in like the 28th minute, yeah. right? So I I don't know what minute it was. No, but it was sure. early. It was it was certainly I think less than halfway through the first half is where he was out. So you had basically th- three quarters of that game. You're playing with the man advantage, and you only can muster a two two draw. Certainly, I would say N'Golo Kante would want back. The moment where he's trying to defend shades of Steven Gerrard, yeah, right there. Really, it, it was. It was uh, the the slip up was bad, but a nice finish there. And, and Arsenal deserves to get the point on the road. But yeah, which way do you go with that, Beamer? Is that more Chelsea screwing it up, or Arsenal just fighting through and showing some temerity? I think you could look at it as both. Obviously, if you're a Chelsea fan, you're probably sick of it. You know, you're sick of the way that this team has kind of not been able to get in any sort of groove, really, and just asking yourself, like, what what are you, what are we trying to do here? And it's obvious, you know, that it seems to me like, you know, you got the best four teams right now in the top four in England. It's going to be a fun little race that we have towards the end of the season, I think. But as, as long as Chelsea keep you know, meddling around and not necessarily going on two or three on the jump bone and they draw one here, they lose one here, like all of a sudden that's going to keep a lot of teams in the race for four. And if, you know, you're looking at that game, you're saying, you know, we were we were the better team. We had Arsenal down, a man down, and one of the best midfielders, one of the best defensive midfielders really in the world, and N'Golo Kante, he slips, that stuff happens, it's soccer, it's crazy, that's why we love it. And that's why we hate it at some points, too. But I think if you're looking at it as a Chelsea fan, you're probably sick about it. If you're an Arsenal fan, you're saying, okay, well, we're showing some signs of life. Even though Conte slipped and that gave us life, 
we were able to take that chance. We were able to take the one big chance in the game that we had to get a goal, to tie that thing up, to be able to get a point on the road at Stamford Bridge and one of the derbies in London, like against one of our rivals. That's good. So I think you can look at it both ways, and it really just depends on which side you kind of lean on. You know, are you a Chelsea fan? Are you an Arsenal fan? Which way do you go? But it was. It was an enthralling match yesterday that we saw. Yes, it was. It was a lot of fun to watch. We were watching it during the show because we were, you know, on the air, and I kept looking up and, you know, trying to keep tabs of it, but it just was an exciting match if you're not a fan of those two teams. Correct. If you are a diehard fan of either of those two teams, it was been maddening for you to watch, at least in Chelsea's end, to watch them kind of give it away. And for Arsenal to have the start they had, I'm sure it was just ridiculous to see that start for you. But then they come back and actually obviously had a a, a chance to, I mean, they could have almost won it technically, but yeah. they certainly uh, getting the result they did was feels like a win if you're an Arsenal fan. So that was a building block for them for sure. Um, not necessarily the most shocking result, but I found this quote interesting. Manchester City went to uh, Sheffield United Got the winner. Got the blades. Yep. Flipped the blades. They did. Got it done. So they remain in second place. Um, but Pep Guardiola had a statement after the game. He Not said, my guy. No, I know. But he was a, he had a statement after the game. He said, it was an incredibly good victory for us to take a step towards securing Champions League football next season, which I get what he's saying, right? Like Sheffield United is one of these teams that they're not exactly right in the mix right now for sure. a Champions League spot, but they've been a better side this year. One of the better teams in the Premier League, surprisingly, maybe to some. Uh, but he's basically conceding with that statement to me that, like, yeah, we we know all we're playing for is to just make sure we stay in the top four. That's really all we have to play for because there's no chance we're catching Liverpool. I think you just have to be honest with yourself at this point, right? Because you look at what Liverpool have done. I mean, 21 games, 21 wins, excuse me, one draw in 22 matches. And this team just looks like an absolute juggernaut. And even though Pep Guardiola, they had to win, I forget what it was last year, like 15, 15 of their last 16 games or something crazy to even go on and win You know the Premier League. You look at it this year, Bone, they've kind of dug themselves in a hole that they cannot get out of. 16 wins for City, three draws, five losses. They're sitting on 51 points. They're six points clear as of right now when we're talking. We know that Leicester play you know, later on today. They're six points clear, Leicester in second. But you look at that mountainous gap between City and Liverpool at the top of the table. 13 points is the gap that you have with Liverpool not losing a single game yet. And we're almost two-thirds of the way through the season. I think at, so, at some point, you know, if you're Pep Guardiola, like you just have to be honest and say, you know, is there a chance that we're able to to go undefeated in the rest of our games and, and maybe, you know, not lose any? Sure. But Chelsea, or excuse me, Liverpool has not given you any single sign that they are going to slow down at all. They are not going to bump their toe. They're not going to do anything to slow down. So I think that if you're Pep, and really if you're any of the other teams kind of in contention for the top four at this this point, like the idea of you winning <laughs> winning the league league this year is almost asinine because it's it's just it's not going to happen. Yeah, and, and like you said, they. They have, I mean, Liverpool has two games at hand on Manchester City. Now, yeah. we're recording this before they play in the middle of the week. So, by the time you hear this, they'll have already had a result. I mean, but one would assume they will win that game, too. They're and, home against Wolves. And yeah. Wolves is a good team this good year, team, but, but it, it, they're on a different plan. Liverpool's a great team. And they may be getting better. I know you. this is not what you want to hear, but there's been rumors that Kylian Mbappe is headed to Liverpool this summer. The hashtag... Uh, 
I think it's either Mbappe 2020 or Liverpool Mbappe 2020. There's all kinds of them floating around, but this has been kind of rumored. He's talked about them quite a bit. Everyone assumes he's going to be going there. He was speaking to the BBC, and Kylian Mbappe said, what Liverpool do in this moment is amazing. They're like a machine. They found a rhythm and are like, we play again, we play again. They've lost zero games. When you watch, you think everything's easy, but that's not easy. The guys are focused. They play games every three days. They win, they win, they win. Now the problem is that everybody watches Liverpool. Everybody watches what we can do against them. So now they have to show they're strong again, but it's a very good team with a very good manager. Obviously, you know, he is speaking in part, you know, as a PSG player about, you know, matchups with Liverpool. But sure. plenty of people are acknowledging like, boy, he is really complimentary of Liverpool. The rumors have been there that he will be going to Liverpool if in the summer transfer window. Liverpool certainly has not been shy about spending money. They haven't, but it's spe- not, they haven't spent not the spe- ungodly amount like City has. Right. And they are this good. If they go out and bring him in. Oh, it's just... I don't, I don't know it would how be you like would... it, it would be almost to the point where it's the it's the video of the undertaker like getting up and like you know opening his eyes like coming back from the dead and not that they've been dead they were um, nearly well, that's what I'm saying. winning the premier league last year they won champions league it would just be adding to the machine that you have and like you you got Bobby Firmino like you're good you know you're a good team you're scoring a lot of goals but you bring a guy like that in <laughs> i mean good lord what would they even look like you got two of the best wing backs you got one of the best goalkeepers you got the best center back in football you got a great midfield and a lot of the best attackers on it's the planet amazing. it would just be like i never thought 5 years ago i would have never thought like up oh, the rich keep getting richer yeah, liverpool right. is back like commend jurgen klopp for doing what he has done with this team and i know that we were talking about it you know back there before we came in and do the podcast you were like yeah you know Brandon you're probably going to be upset about this and everything and I'm like hey man I, I I can't even really say anything right now because they're so good There's they're so to fun say. to watch like they're great they're yeah. a great team not that I'm outwardly cheering for them I'm never going to do that but you look at this team and that's one of the things you take your hat off and you just tip it to them and say you're you're incredible the way that you have built this team and that structure and everybody has respect for the manager and Jurgen Klopp and he's come over and they have this plan and you're sticking to it and now they are just a living breathing flying dragon that is just spitting fire on everybody else in Europe yeah they spit hot fire they do like Dylan on uh, making Dylan 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 Virgil who's your favorite rapper Virgil, 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 Virgil. Yeah, I I can't I can't hate on Liverpool at all. There's nothing to say negative about them right now. This is a team that has not lost in any competition since September. September 17th. And they are undefeated in the Premier League with only one tie to your mm-hmm. Manchester United. How about that? That's, that's something to hang your hat on. It is, sure. United, there you yeah, go. Yeah, put that up on a plaque. Put it up mm-hmm. on the wall. Hey, we tied, t- Liverpool. We, t- yeah. we tied Liverpool. <laughs> but, we tied this team. It's all good. They, they may be making a run at Arsenal and the Invincibles, doing something along those lines, and then adding afterwards killing Mbappe. Yeah. Which to me is essentially the equivalent of Golden State being Golden State and then saying, let's add Kevin Durant. Sure. With the with the caveat that they would have actually won the title that year because they're going to win the Premier League. And then add a player who is arguably the best in the world or top five in the Mm -hmm. world, right? I mean, it's just unbelievable what you're going to get there. So, yeah, uh, if that happens, I don't know. Do next year we just not cover the Premier League? Do we just cover – we just say, here's Liverpool and what they're doing on their way to a championship. And then here's what the Champions League is with Liverpool winning that too – 
oh, and now here's everybody else, which is not in the same category. There's no other team in their category. It's really wild because when you – and this is why I, I enjoy English soccer more than any other league in the world is because it is so competitive – because you can see the twentieth team beat the second team in the table, like all these crazy stuff happens. It's, supposed, all, all it's cra- supposed to be competitive, right? But- and so you look at this, and usually you're going into the season, like you look at the French league. It's like okay, PSG. You know, you look at the most talent. It's like okay, well they're going to win the league by a landslide. You look at over in Spain, and it's like okay, you know, for the most part you have Atletico, you got Real, you got Barcelona. Those are going to be your three teams battling it out. Over in Germany, for the most part, once again. It's going to be Bayern. It's going to be Dortmund. Okay, those are going to be your two teams. And in England, what you love about it so much is like, yeah, you got the big six teams, and any of those six teams configuratively win the title. You know, that's what made Leicester's championship so special. And so you're thinking like all this jostling that's going on on a week-in, week-out basis in the Premier League is going to be able to kind of even itself out at the end of the year, and you will always have a dramatic at least last six, seven games of the season going into that point. Sure. Into match day 30, 31, you're going to be like, okay, there's some drama here if this team loses. But, Bone, we're not even a month removed from Christmas. And, like, this thing is already over. It's done. Like, Liverpool have won the league title. Congratulations to them. You're good. Unless something catastrophic happens, which which almost doesn't even make sense because – because I don't even know, like, if City would be able to then catch them if Liverpool drew, like, five games in a row. It's like the math doesn't even add well, up for them to fail that bad with this this few games remaining. If Liverpool wins their two games in hand, then you're talking a 19-point 19, a 19 advantage. Right. Even if Manchester City keeps winning, Correct. it just goes to 19 points. So then you need to find six games. Six. And you're still not catching them. That's just getting you within... Within one. Right. Like, you've got to find six games that Liverpool's going to drop complete points. And, and you have to win. City's got to win all of them. Yeah. And win other. Like, they have to keep pace and win the six that Liverpool's supposedly going to lose somewhere. It's just, it's, it doesn't make sense. There's in the no words one. of Nick Saban, it's not going to happen. So quit asking about <laughs> it. All right? right? So quit asking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, other Premier League news real quick. We'll run through these. Aston Villa. Nice win uh, against Watford to get Watford back into the relegation zone. They are on 23 points, which puts them square in the middle of the relegation battle. But they, uh, I think that put Villa up to 25 now. So they were actually, I think, up to 17th or something. So I don't think I've seen a relegation battle quite like this in which we which we have going on. It's obvious you got Norwich at the bottom of the table. They got right. 17 points. Okay, Watford, they got 23. Burnmouth at 23. West Ham back in the conversation again mm-hmm. yep. for being relegated at 23 points. After them, Villa and Brighton at 25. Burnley at 27. Then you got a slew of teams at 30, including Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Everton, and Newcastle. So like you got it's- seven points from relegation to yeah. safety. Seven. <laughs> well, it's a little less daunting than 19, or should seven, I say more daunting than 19. And seven points gets you from you're in rele- – you are relegated, but if you are at 30, you could be like 10th. You, yeah, you could be top half of the league. <laughs> so, yes, I love it when it gets to that level uh, with some of the relegation battle because then you are talking so many teams that could fall back into it. I also love it because I'm not a fan of any of those teams, so I'm just watching from afar. But, yes, it's nerve-wracking if you're actually rooting for one of those teams. Speaking of a couple teams sitting on 30 points, Newcastle got uh, a nice boost after they rallied from two goals down to come back and tie Everton. I don't know what the hell happened. Yeah, they scored two in stoppage time. Yeah. 
How do you you have a two nothing? I know they say two nothing lead is the most dangerous lead in soccer, but not, not with two minutes. Time, not with two minutes left to go in the game. That's ridiculous. And this is good news for Everton, even though they did drop the two points in this one. Uh, Moise Keane finally yeah. got going for them, which they brought him in. Uh, he'd obviously been highly touted coming over from Italy and was able to finally, in his 22nd appearance, net a goal for them. 19 years old. I don't put a ton of stock in the fact that, all right, it took him a while to score. It's, it's, it's an adjustment to the Premier League, right? What matters to me now is sure. second half of the year, how does he progress? And if he gets to like a 6, 7, 8 goal number, I, I think that would be good progress for Everton to say, all right, yes, we got a little bit more out of him. We're not we're not completely down on this signing like we initially were. I think you look at you know Everton and every every single year it's like, well, what are we going to get? Are we going to get a team that's competing for top four? Are we going to be mid-table or are we going to be bottom of the table? Like what's going to happen? But, you know, you look at their struggles this year, Bone, and I think that they've given up seven goals from 90 minutes on in the match oh. this year. Seven goals. Oh, it's four more than the other worst team in the Premier League. I mean, seven times you have given up a goal in 90 minutes plus, stoppage time, added yeah, time, whatever you want to call it. You can't do that. You're, you can't. You can't. And I think that's that's the signs of an inexperienced team. It's the sign of a, of a manager trying to be able, you know, to, to work with this team and not necessarily getting all the tactics and, you know, what you want to do late in the match to be able to secure the win. But allowing two goals in 102 seconds, man, that just. Yeah, it's. It just. And it that's seems. That's barely enough time to set the ball down and get started again. Right. And then they go right back down the field and score it again. And that's the crazy thing about Liverpool because, or excuse me, about Everton is that you look at them and you're like, yeah, good team. You know, good roster, good lineup and everything. They got a lot of lot of skill on the field. But you just look at them and it's like they find new ways every single time to break your heart. Like if you're an Everton fan out there, like you got to be sick of it. Oh, just sick of it because yeah, it's, it's, it's a constant with them. It's almost comical if it weren't so sad. And I do think Everton fans probably took some delight, even though they hate that team you mentioned. Boy, wouldn't Everton fans like to be confused for Liverpool, right? Yeah. Wouldn't mm-hmm. they like to be like, oh, wait, which one's the good one? Yeah. The red one, the blue one? I can't <laughs> remember. Doesn't, They're both so good. No, you know which one in Merseyside is the one that you want to be, and you know which one right now. Sadly, uh, you don't. Bournemouth, uh, or Burnmouth, sorry, broke their four-game losing streak, 3-1 win over Brighton. Uh, so that's a good little battle there. We were just talking about the relegation battle, and Burnmouth had the opportunity there to kind of keep themselves not out of the relegation battle, but certainly – drag another member back into it and keep everything kind of even which is what you need to do when you're playing the teams you're fighting it's you you look at this now and you know here we are 24 25 games into the premier league and you know you're watching this season unfold and now whatever team that you like whatever team that you enjoy and you support each weekend you know it's getting to the point of the year where it's like okay well what are you going to be are you are you going to stay in the premier league are you going to try and battle for the top four are you going to stay in the top four depending on who you like and so it's getting to the point of the season where it's becoming crunch time. You've gotten out of the holidays. Your schedule is kind of getting a little bit more normal again where you're playing midweek, then the weekend, then you'll have a week break with the new you know, contracts between the players and the owners and everything with the new collective bargaining agreement. So all this stuff, I mean, it's going to come to fruition as it always does, but you're getting to the point of the season where it's like, yep, I know exactly what my team is this year. How are they going to disappoint me? Other than if you're a Liverpool fan this season. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a very interesting back third, I guess, of the Premier League season. I can't wait for it. And uh, it's been fortunate we've had a midweek stretch now, and then they're off this weekend, right? Which, I believe so. Which one of the cups, I think, is taking Carabao place. Cup or FA yes. Cup, one of the two. But then your next week of Premier League action 
is ours. With us. Is our Sunday. That's right. At the land grant. Come out to the watch party. 9 a.m. Sunday, February 2nd. Be there or be square. Mm -hmm. That's a phrase the kids are saying. I saw that on TikTok, actually. That's what they're- Did you? Yeah. You saw it on TikTok? Yeah. There's a a big, I think Charlie or whatever her name is, is using that. The cool new guys. Be there, be square. Cool new guys and gals are saying, be there, be square. That's right. Potato, tomato, same thing. (laughs) So uh, let's talk about the kids- who probably are on TikTok, yes. U.S. Men's National Team, the the youths of uh, the U.S. Men's National Team. Because let's face it, for me, yes, 2022 is important, but 2022 is a build to 2026. Yeah, You need to get back in the World Cup, number one. And then you need to go try to establish that you're not just there for fun. You need to try to win something meaningful in a knockout round. But 2026 is where I'd really like to see this team be at a point where maybe if they are one of the top I don't know, 12 or so teams in the tournament coming in. They've built it up and shown that they are that type of established type of performer on the big stage. Then you've got the momentum of being in your own country. Maybe that spurs you to something beyond just, you know, playing pretty well and getting people excited to the point where they could actually be considered not not someone who could win it necessarily, but could yeah. get close and, and get on a hot run. It's like this because we know that this country – and not necessarily people who listen to this podcast. I don't think that, you know, that's the market that's always going to be intrigued in what the U.S. men's national team is doing, what the women's national team is doing. Like, you know, we try and everything like that to, to bring as much light about the two teams as we possibly can. But, you know, you look at this and you're right. 2022, I, I don't know what this team is going to be. I think that would be a good run up to 2026. I think you run through that and say, all right, who's going to be here in 2026? Not necessarily that you're not going to try and go out and win the World Cup. You're obviously going to try to do that. But in 2026, you're right. You know, especially with you being one of the host countries and then moving to that 48, it's 48 teams, right? Yeah. A 48 team tournament. To then moving to that, we know how this country operates, especially when the Stars and Stripes are involved, that they always get behind them. And so if you come into that tournament and you're looking to be, you know, maybe one of the dark horses, because let's just be honest, you're not going to be looked at as a favorite in any big tournament that you go into in a World Cup. It's just not going to happen unless something happens where, you know, you finish you finish in the quarterfinals or semifinals or something like that, then maybe going to the next year, yes. But you're right about the home field advantage because we know that this country gets so jazzed up when on the world stage this team does something spectacular. And so having that boost and having that home field advantage really would be amazing. And we know all around the world that the United States fans, they travel great, they go to the games. But imagine playing a game on your home soil where you're actually expected to do something in a cup, where you missed the World Cup two cycles ago, and now you're back in here and you're waiting for it. Like, it does seem like perfect time to strike, and that's why I am hoping so bad that this current panel of U.S. men's national team advisors and organizers and brass, they get it right, and they don't roll out with the old boys club and say, here we go again. We're going to do that. You cannot do that, or else you will lose fans. No, you're 100%. Right. They, they can't. And uh, what's good is there were a couple bright spots. There are a lot of talented young players that are making headway in Europe, and you're you're hearing about the Sergino Dess of the world yeah. and some of these other players that we, we obviously know about Christian Pulisic. I'm not even talking about his level. He's an established player. We're talking about guys that even though he's young and by 2026, what's he going to be? I think, I think he's 22 now. So, so he'll be 20. No, he'll be 28. 28. Sorry. Math. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. My wife's math teacher. So, <laughs> you know, I don't have to ever do math, but keep these guys in mind. Right. So Giovanni Reina, mm-hmm. who is Claudio Reina's son, Claudio yeah. Reina is for me an old 
one of my favorite U.S. men's national team players ever to watch, one of the best that the U.S. has ever produced. We need another Claudio Reyna to come through the system. I'm not saying his son's going to be that. That's not fair to put on him. He's going to be his own player. But You're right. He's going to be better. Let's hope so. Gio Reyna <laughs> uh, was officially promoted Dortmund's first team and included in the squad for their class against Augsburg last week. Which, by the way, was unbelievable. Yes. It was unbelievable, yeah, man. It was. They got down 3-1, to one, yep. did Dortmund. And uh, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Erling Holland, your don't. guy. You love him. Mm-hmm. How about Manchester uh, United? They look at getting him and bringing him in? Yep, they I, did. But you know what? Mino, they Mino they, Raiola, who is his agent, he is <laughs> never going to bring any of his other players now <laughs> back to Manchester United. It's not going to happen. Scored a hat trick. Yeah. Scored a hat trick. De- in his debut in the Bundesliga, scored a hat trick. So that was the big story from that game. And but, now Marcus Rashford's out like eight weeks. So, oh, that's, you know. They could have used a guy. I, I, they <laughs> they could have used a guy like him. Actually, I think Erling mm-hmm. Holland could have been very th- good for them. <laughs> you know what, Bone? I don't think that's a hot take. I do think I he could have I don't think that's helped. a hot yeah. take. Yeah. But the good news is this did allow, A, pull Dortmund back within three points of Bayern Munich, so that keeps them fully in that race there in Germany. But it also did allow them to get in a player that they wanted to in Gio Reyna. Now, he's an attacking midfielder. Clearly, if he is an attacking midfielder that can be anything like what the foretold hype is on him, yeah, boy, would that be nice for the U.S. men's national team, who has really not had, like, to me – a great I mean the positions are so different they're always sure everything's so fluid but a player in the center of the field like a Landon Donovan who can see the field make the pass and also go score the goal if he needs to I we really need something like that and Gio Reyna may be that kid I don't know he's 17 years old he is now younger than Pulisic yeah the youngest player to ever debut in the Bundesliga for the, the U.S. for the U.S. still so, yeah, so younger than when Pulisic did it by like 100 days or 50 days or something like Still that. Still pretty impressive, right? Yeah, it's great. So, I mean, you figure, again, doing the math, he'll be 23 when the 2026 World Cup comes along. Yeah. that's You're in your young, prime. Yeah, you're young this and is, you're in your prime. This is a kid who, by the time the next World Cup comes in, hopefully is featuring for Borussia Dortmund and perhaps is one of their stars that then he has, if he's in the World Cup lineup, you'd think he'd have to be considered. He'd be pretty young. You know, to be included as like what a nineteen-year-old, eighteen-year-old, whatever mm-hmm. he'll be. Hey, but you know, Kylian Mbappe, bring him in. He won a World Cup yeah. when he was nineteen. Right? There's no reason why that can't happen when he's twenty-three. I'm just saying that's that's a that's a very tasty storyline to keep an eye on. So just you know, watch him if you get a chance and you see that he's in the lineup. Definitely check in on that. The other guy to keep an eye on, and this was a good debut too, uh, was Indiana Vasilev. Mm-hmm. And yes, I did say his name is Indiana. Yes. I wish his last name was Jones. Yes. But either way. Indiana Hoosier. I wish his last <laughs> right. name was that. That's fine. All I know is he's 18 years old, and he has a nice little storyline, too. He debuted for uh, Aston Villa. He's an attacking midfielder and a striker, so kind of plays the same similar type of position to what Gio Reyna does. Although, I'll be honest, I haven't watched him play nearly as much, so I'm not as familiar with his game. He may be a very different player just as far as how he actually you know applies in a game, but... Yeah, he's 18 years old. He is similar to Lyndon Gooch, who came up through Sunderland's academy. Gooch! Gooch! Lyndon Gooch is the last American player prior to Indiana Vasilev to start off in a team's academy in England and then be promoted to the first team. Now, granted, he did that for Sunderland, and Sunderland has not exactly had the 
rousing success, as you may have heard, given me talking about how Sunderland is in the third division now. But Indiana Vasilev playing for a Premier League team, coming up through their ranks, and then actually getting the nod to get into a game, that's big news. It is big news, and I just want to let everybody know, remember when everybody was poo-pooing Jurgen Klinsmann for saying, these guys, these young guys need to be playing over in Europe it's a little bit better competition. It's good for them. And then everyone was like, what do you mean? We have MLS here. And that's fine. And that's fine. But you cannot say that if you're playing a game in the Bundesliga or you're playing a game in the Premier League, that that does not hold a little bit more weight. I'm excited about this because now we're hearing about all these different guys who are over there and they're in Europe and they're playing on the biggest stages. They're playing underneath the brightest lights against the best players in the world. That only can help you. It can only help you moving forward, and I can't be more excited about this team. I hope Burhalter gets it right, but it will be, you know, time will tell on that, but I just hope that, you know, he gives the young kids, I hope he gives the youths, as you'd like to call them, their fair shake leading in, you know, to the next cup cycle. Yeah, it'll be very, the the trend that Pulisic has helped start to, it's not just him, I mean, right, Clint sure. Jesse, uh, you had Lena Donovan went over there from time to time, and would obviously do well when he would go. Tim Brian, Howard. Brian McBride sure. had a big following there when he was there. But I think all those guys kind of led to Christian Pulisic in the sense that now teams are realizing, hey, if this dude can play, it's worth paying a little more to get him. Yeah. Because we're going to we're gonna sell jerseys. We're going to be on TV in America. Yep. It's a built-in way to build a fan base in America. And a lot of these European teams are saying, we probably shouldn't ignore those 350 million people who are just now, not not that like soccer's new here, but just now becoming accepted mainstream. Sure. To the point where it's you you see it talked about on you know television regularly, and people may have heard like you can walk down the street and talk to someone about sports, and they say, "Oh, I'm a soccer fan." You go, "Oh yeah, so and so. Who's the best false nine playing in the game?" Mm-hmm. And they're not going to be like, "What is that? I don't know who that is. I don't sure. know what you're talking about." Like th- these terminologies. False nine be- is that a card game that you play? <laughs> That's what right. is, what yes. is that exactly? So that's what I'm I'm excited about, and, and I think you're going to see more players if they're good enough to measure up. But if it's between that and, like, a, a European-based player, sure. there are going to be more teams that say, I might take the American and take a chance on him because of the fact that he can sell jerseys. Well, and it's such a good symbiotic relationship, really, for both clubs and then, you know, here in the United States for people who are interested. And listen, like, if that kid's from your hometown or grows up or is from your home state, then that whole state is going to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to be an Augsburg fan or I'm going to be a Dortmund fan. And then you grow up and you're, like, ingratiating yourself and you're learning about all these different things. And meanwhile, the club over there is selling jerseys to the states. It's a great relationship for both. So I'm with you that it's great. You know, that's a fantastic way to do business and then grow the game wouldn't necessarily call it a grassroots movement because there's such big yes, clubs and every in businesses, but still it has to happen somewhere. And you're finally starting to see some of these players get to the age well, where they're right. over there and then they're coming back to the States. You it's could, awesome. You could pay $60 million to advertise your, you to advertise Chelsea in the U S sure. or you could just buy a player for 60 million who actually can help you on the field and you get all that advertising for free and you get the benefit of the player on the field. Yeah. Real quick. Cause Beamer has to go. Cause we've got to get back to our, day jobs but i don't uh, want to a couple of things here to get to with mls so chicharito is finally in mls that's right uh, that's little been p talked about for a while yes the galaxy signed javier hernandez aka chicharito so he is here 31 years old i forget that he's that old because mm-hmm. it seems like he's been around forever but also i feel like he was always young he's got uh, such a baby face too i know he does but i mean you're talking 
again, I realize 31 years old does still underscore the idea of retirement league to some degree. But you're talking about a guy who has played at Manchester United, Real Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen, West Ham, most recently was at Sevilla. So LA Galaxy, they're replacing Zlatan with a guy who you would think is going to be able to bag 18 to 20 goals in this sure. league. Pretty reasonable expectation there. It could be well more than that. But now the Carlos Vela Chicharito battle in LA, El Trafico is going to be fun this year to watch that rivalry game between those two Mexican stars. Even Chicharito had something to say about it, I think, when you know he was yeah. officially announced. He's like, Carlos Vela, the best striker, is coming to play for the best team in L.A., and it's for the Galaxy. So, <laughs> yeah. like, watch out. So, like, that's that's fun, right? Like, that's, it is that's very awesome. Fun. Yeah, I like that. And, real and quick, the crew will see none of them this year. No, that, you know what, though? That's good. The crew, because this has been pointed out, the crew don't play the Galaxy or LAFC Laugh. in the regular season. So, cool. When MLS Cup turns up and whichever L.A. team gets there – we know the crew will then have this new matchup that they haven't got to play yet. So that'll be fun. Right. It'll be like, <laughs> yes, it'll be like an old world series where mm -hmm. we never saw those two teams play because the crew are going MLS Cup. I'm I'm on this bandwagon. We'll explain that further future episode. Last thing, Atlanta United dealt Julian Gressel. This okay. is a big loss for Atlanta United, who already lost Darlington Nagby to the crew, but he goes to DC United. This is a guy who provided Joseph Martinez with, I believe, 15 assists <laughs> in the last two years. Those two had the highest striker assist combination in uh atlanta united but also i think at mls one of the highest of the last two years so they're obviously very sad to see him go but their explanation for it was well you need a lot more money and we didn't want to pay him that money so dc united did dc united got a hell of a player and atlanta united fans i've already seen people saying nagby's gone gressel's gone i'm not watching this year see you in 2021 mm. i you would, just hate to see it i would just like to welcome atlanta united fans to be in a real MLS team. Welcome to MLS, pals. Oh, yeah, it's great to get 70,000 fans. Go well in MLS Cup in your first two years. Call me when you've been here for 25, mm -hmm. which is what the crew have been around for. We've seen some ups. Charter member, baby. Seen some downs. Still here. And by the way, going to be better than Atlanta United this year. Sure. Mark that down. That's it for us. We'll see you next week. And we will see you Sunday, February 2nd. At Landgrant. Yes. Come by, hang out with us. Opens at 9 a.m. for the game. And then we'll stick around and watch Tottenham against Man City at the later game, which I believe starts at 1030 or 11. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's good. It'll be fine. It'll be all good. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United. 